Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human on 101.9 High FM and it's good to be with you on this chilly winter's day but the sun is shining and it's looking beautiful outside. My topic today is the courage in uncertainty. Now Rabbi Sachs said, faith is the courage to live with uncertainty. In 2008, I was invited to give a talk on how life challenges us and how we live within our challenges. That was in 2008. And in 2008, our first load shedding began. And um, I actually was looking it up on Google and it said in January 2008, there were almost daily load shedding for two weeks, leading to a government declaration of a national power emergency on the 24th of January, 2008. This had a severe impact on production levels in all sectors of the economy and compromised the image of Eskom and South Africa. Now that was in 2008. So let's project forward to 2022. We are in load shedding once again, actually level six. I believe it's changing now, but it's incredibly uncertain. This is time of, of load shedding and it has played havoc on our, on, on our economy. But there's so many other things that have actually happened in the interim. But at the time in 2008, I named my talk Load Shedding or Ro Load Sharing. And on the screen, on the stage, I projected a seesaw. A seesaw with one end, there was an elephant sitting. And on the other end was a person. Needless to say, the elephant was plonk on the bottom, touching the ground, while the human was holding on for dear life, high above the ground. Well, in 2022, this elephant is fatter. It's certainly larger. Its tusks even touch the ground, but the human is still hanging precariously from above with one hand holding on to the bar of the seesaw while the other holds on to a human who is desperately holding on to another human and another human, all trying to find a balance. A balancing act indeed, but one which we have all been engaged in. Life is a balancing act. As Jean-Paul Sartre said, we are our choices. So are we to hold on and hold on to each other as we as we travel through this time, or are we to crash to the ground? Now, Isaac Batsheva Singer said, if you keep saying that things are going to be bad, you have a good chance of being a prophet. 
So hopefully we are not prophets and hopefully things will improve. And if we actually um, look around us and see how other people are living, I think we can understand that in many cases we are living so much better than the people in the squatter camps, people on the side of the roads, in the parks. I remember going through the parks looking at the tents that um, uh, the men who collect our, our, our plastics actually stay in, in the parks. What really impressed all of us who went through was the cleanliness of their makeshift um, little homes. They were, the makeshift was through cardboard and plastic and plastic bags. It was just quite amazing what they had used to give themselves shelter. And within that shelter were all their little meager possessions, but it was well swept and they were proud of what they had. And I think we can learn so much from them. You know, in 2008, when the load shedding started, we certainly could not project ourselves forward to 2022. And if we had, we would have given up in despair. Our potholes are bigger. Our Zuma is, has still not been um, indicted. Our water still continues to gush through, um, through holes because things have not been fixed. But we balance when we try as hard as, our can, can, as hard as we can to balance our seesaw. And yet today I watched the most magnificent sunrise this morning and I realized, and I must admit, I gave thanks for the sunrise. And it reminded me of something my dad said when his life was ebbing, coming to a close. And he lived in Durban. And I was at the window looking out over the lights of Durban. I've mentioned some of this before, but not this particular story. And um, he said to me, what is the moon? What, what does the moon look like tonight? And I said, it's almost a full moon. And he said, well, he didn't think that he would actually be living to see the full moon, that perhaps it was ending as it was, which was a three-quarter of a moon. And this had an impact on my life because I have looked at the moon since then often. And, and every time I see a full moon, I, I say a, a prayer of thanks that I've been able to witness the full moon again and see the seasons change and the moon wane and, and become full again. It, it is a miracle, and, and yes, we, it is something to actually look at. But it is hard to move forward in the dark, and it requires us to take small steps, feeling for the familiar objects, chair, the table, the bed, occasionally knocking ourselves against an unexpected obstacle. Now, this or what I'm saying here is in load shedding, when we are in the dark. But it's not just the dark of load shedding. It's the dark that comes with life from time to time. And I read an article, a very interesting article, which said, hold your head up and move forward. And yet, you know, when we are actually in the dark, it's hard to hold our heads up and move forward. And uh, right now, if if we have our lights suddenly go out, we don't have an automatic generator, we, we do have to take, we have to look down. 
and um, and head up and look forward doesn't work when you really are in the dark. And though and yet, the, Helen Keller says, although the world world is full of suffering, it is also full of overcoming it. And if Helen Keller can say that, how much more can we learn from people like Helen Keller? Lately, I've been reading a lot of books um, of which have given me an insight into lives so much more difficult than our own, lives in the Holocaust and, and how they, they found hope within that darkness, um, how, what, what they actually had to tap into, the strengths that they had thought that they had when they were living in comfort were suddenly so stripped away from them. And But what are we at the moment? What are we doing? Can we prepare? the uncertainties of life, it is certainly not easy to be optimistic when there is such uncertainty. And yet, you know, we have to think about resilience. Where is our resilience? What do we know about our resilience? Can we tap into our resilience again and again? And I think that's what we need to remember, that we are resilient. It's within our natures to be resilient. That's why we have gone on living as we have since man began. It's because of the ability to adapt to our circumstances. And Socrates said, the only true wisdom is in knowing that you know nothing. So certainly we do not know what's happening, what's happening in our future. So he's quite right. That is the true wisdom, is not knowing anything. And yet, what do we know? We know what our inner core is. We know the strengths of our inner core. And that is what we have to tap into. I'll get back to that shortly. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. We now are going to be listening to a very short YouTube by Rabbi uh, Jacob Simon Jacobson on free will. A big question that philosophers and thinkers have always had is the issue of, are, is our life predetermined or do we have free will? Uh, for instance, if you're born to a certain family that's uh, unfortunately a dysfunctional, abusive family, is that, write your script and that's it. You're doomed, so to speak. Or do you have the ability to transcend that? Now, I come from the perspective of, of Torah and Jewish thought, so I have to say outright and quote Maimonides, who says, a pillar, a powerful pillar, the most fundamental pillar in all of Jewish thought is the idea that a human being has the free will to transcend their circumstances. Because once, if you don't have that, everything falls on the wayside, then you can't expect anything from everyone. How could, you, how could you expect something? They'll say, well, we, well, I was born to this home, or I had this accident, or, or I was born with an attention deficit, or, you know, I'm colorblind. I mean, every, you have excuses for everything. There's no, there's no accountability, and therefore no expectations. We're constantly like, oh, the, the, the standard gets so low. Judaism has the highest standard for a human being. It says you were created in the, the divine image. That we all have challenges? Absolutely. Some of us are born into poverty. Some of us are born into wealth, which is easier. Depends what you do with it. There's some people with poverty turn out to be refined, great human beings. Some people in wealth become the most miserable human beings, or vice versa. Some are born with no opportunities, but they make the best of it. So it's not what comes your way, it's what you do with it. 
and we have the absolute the dignity of a human being. And I think this is the, one of the most important messages. The human dignity is to tell a human being, you can transcend your circumstances. There is no such thing as a pre-written script that your life is doomed or some people are privileged and some people are not privileged. We are all created with different challenges and the, and the, greatest, the greatest gift given to you is that you can overcome your challenges. Animals cannot. If an animal is born with a certain personality, a certain feature, that's, it, it, it goes by its script like a clock. It will not waver, it will not go lower, but it also won't go higher. A human being can get, go higher than our personalities. And you see this all the time. You see what people do in the name of love. You see the nobility that comes out, sometimes the heroism of people in, in, in times of crisis. These are people who have transcended their nature. Their nature may have been narcissism to go take care of myself. Why should I go and jump in and save someone else's life? This is an example of a human being exercising free will to transcend their own destiny. And this is a fundamental principle in any type of expectation of, a human, of human growth. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with you again on the Finding Human program on 101.9. If you'd like to contact me, please do so on 34519, or you can telegram me on 061-895-1019. Last week, I mentioned um, quite an amusing story about a taxi and my tapping technique. And a few people have actually asked me to redo it because they said it's such a, a, a South African story. So towards the end of the program, I will. I'll do that again. Now, what, um, what Rabbi was saying there was that we have our free will. And up to now, what we need to look at what, what actually, where have we used our, our free will? Where have we exercised this free will? We are never, ever free of challenges, ever. Challenges go, uh, go through our lives with us. And we are fellow sojourners on this journey of life. And, and behind each of us, we actually carry a baggage. And I read an article that said life, changing choices it says you are all travelers on this epic life journey and behind each of us we schlep the totality of our choices lugging them like baggage through an international airport some say there are no accidents or happenstance only choices from the minuscule to the monumental we are each a combination of our history of decisions so we're back once again to choices. And when he says lugging this luggage through international airports, I don't know if any of you have seen photographs of people going through international airports at the moment and seeing the luggage that they're trying to take with them and the queues and queues and queues of people. Now that the heavens have opened again, the skies have opened because of the pandemic um, restrictions being lifted, the airports are crazy. So let's face it, if you're thinking of traveling as a tra as a, sojourner, a fellow sojourner, travel light. Whatever you do, travel light. Now, Frankel said there's freedom of choice. We are never free from conditions or circumstances. But we are free to choose how we respond to how life is challenging us. Our only freedom is in our attitude. And... Um, we need to ask ourselves, what feelings accompany us? 
throughout our lives. Some can be very overwhelming. And are we prepared to look at these and begin to let them go? Are we willing to let others help us? I'd like to tell you a story which I have shared before about a friend I will call a lavender friend. I was in a very dark place of my own in, in, in my life and in hospital and wasn't seeing anybody at all when all of a sudden um, a friend of mine appeared. It was late, late at night and she came with her lavender bottle, her bottle of pure lavender. And she started cleansing my whole aura, cleansing myself with lavender. And I have thought of this so often, of how that lavender, that healing, that knowing that someone else was standing with me, beside me in my darkness, actually helped me, made me more determined to reach towards the light. And we need to ask ourselves, can we be a lavender friend? Or are we just going to sit next to our friend in the darkness and become part of their darkness? We sometimes have to rely on somebody else to be our light. But we certainly have to know that we have to also be someone else's light. And, you know, hospice's motto here is don't walk behind me, I may not lead. Don't walk in front of me, I may not follow. Walk beside me and be my friend. And that was by Albert Camus, and some people pronounce him Camus, but it's very true. I'm going to repeat that. Don't walk behind me, I may not lead. Don't, don't walk in front of me, I may not lead. Oh, I'm really getting this muddled up. Don't walk behind me. I may not lead. Don't walk in front of me. I may not follow. Walk beside me and be my friend. And in many situations at the moment, this is what we're being asked. And not only in situations of loss, but in situations of joy as well. It's wonderful to be able to share our joys and our happiness. It's magnified when we share it with other people. And, uh, and that's something that we, in, I think we really did realize in pandemic, in the pandemic, when, when we were not allowed to see other people, well, we, uh, we could, of course, on Zoom and what have you, but physically we weren't with other people. I think we realized then how much we actually do um, rely on one another. Now, you know, I was looking up what shedding actually means, and, um, and one of the things that said about shedding, it's to, uh, it's to a load, a heavy, bulky thing to be carried. This is load shedding. A weight borne by someone or something. Loaded down with grocery bags, for instance. So what is the shedding? To pause, to pour forth, to shed tears. To diffuse or radiate, to send forth or impart, to shed light. A snake shedding its skin so that it can grow a new skin and to rid oneself of something not wanted or needed, for instance, heavy weight. And, um, and I thought, you know, how, how, how lovely is that? Because in that shedding is also sharing, the sharing of tears, 
the sharing of light, the sharing of one when one person is shedding their skin, they are vulnerable when they're changing, when, as a snake is vulnerable when it's shedding its skin. So too are we very vulnerable when we are changing and in the middle of something that is causing us dis-ease and when we are needing, we're needing help. So it's actually to walk beside someone then and then to rid ourselves of what no longer serves us. And what no longer serves us is so often that which is holding us back. It's our old uh, methods of dealing with things which no longer serve us and we need to let them go. I would like to tell you about a, a story about a pothole because at the moment we're all facing these potholes in our in our roads everywhere we go and we, we're dodging them and I don't know how we're not having more accidents quite honestly because you suddenly see a car coming straight for you and you swerve to the left and it's because they have swerved to the right to miss the, the their pothole that they're about to hit. So we were, uh, my husband and I were actually in Dahlstrom. Now every pothole that on our journey does present us with choices. But this particular pothole that I'm about to tell us, tell you about was really incredibly irritating. We had decided to get away for a few days holiday and we went to Dahlstrom. Now apparently Dahlstrom doesn't have load shedding and they never are actually without electricity. But it so happened that those few days that we had chosen to be there were days when they, when they had decided to do repair on their electricity station. And the entire Dahlstrom came to a stop, I think except for about two shops who had very small little generators. So we just, and even our hotel didn't have a generator. So we decided to go to Leidenburg and we thought we'd take a leisurely drive and hopefully get a coffee there. Well, there should have been a sign on this road going to Leidenburg saying, this is unsurpassable. It's filled with potholes. Actually, there are craters. So find another route. But there wasn't a sign saying that. And it happened to be raining as well. And as you all know, when potholes are filled with water, they are actually undetectable. So every time we almost hit a pothole, my husband would zigzag trying to miss them. But and we got to Leidenburg. And what happened in Leidenburg? They were also uh, in, in a darkness. So there was no coffee to be had there. there so we decided, OK, we'd make our way back to Dahlstrom. On the way back, we hit a pothole. And we, my husband's uh, car has a run flat tire. So we weren't sure how long this was going to, I mean, it popped and we weren't sure how long we were, how many kilometers we had. So I quickly Googled, thank goodness for Dr. Google, I quickly Googled to see how many kilometers we could actually drive before we were, but the tire was completely flat. And we managed it, we actually told us it was enough to get us back to our hotel. But the ordeal didn't end there. And because the nearest Dahlstrom, it was everything was closed, the garages were closed, no tires available. And the closest tire was in Belfast. And a very nice woman actually helped my husband there. So someone did come forward and help us. And um, and eventually 
we realized we were not going to be getting any help from Dahlstrom and no more lights. And we came back to Johannesburg and lo and behold, we actually had light here. But uh, it, it, was, it was quite amazing. And uh, the person who actually helped my, my husband uh, get a tire eventually, she sent somewhere else to get it. She was unbelievably uh, helpful. And it reminded me of that little sparrow that I sometimes talk about. It's a little sparrow living, lying on its back with its little legs pushed up towards the sky. And all the animals and the people on earth were in a panic. And they were running by and saying, fly, fly. The, the world is coming to an end. The, the sky is falling down. Fly, fly. And the little sparrow said, you fly while I hold up the sky. I love that story, and I repeat it often, because sometimes we are all called to actually hold up the sky when someone else is struggling to do so. And it's that call, Adam, where are you? Are we going to answer life's call, realizing we are not doing this alone? Are we willing to face life's uncertainties, to care for ourselves, our mind, body, and spirit, and to help other people actually care for themselves as well. Are we willing to help others? And I think this is something that we cultivate our character by actually looking out and seeing what where we can reach out, where, where we can help one another. And, um, and that, that's something that we need to do. Um, this tapestry of life is what I mentioned in 2008. And this, it is a tapestry of life. And if you actually look at a tapestry, I can't remember which rabbi mentioned it. But if you look at a tapestry from, from looking at it as it's finished, it's beautiful. You've got the whole scene in front of you. But if you turn it round and you look at it from the back, all you see are little pieces of thread and knots here and there. And it makes no sense whatsoever. And this is what our tapestry of life is. That we can look back and we can see certain parts of it, but not always the whole picture. Thank you, Craig. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with you on the Finding Human program. And you're about to listen to another short YouTube, and this is by, um, uh, I'm just trying to think, I think it's Rabbi Manus Friedman. I've got a few YouTubes. I think it's Manus Freedom. What is freedom of choice? Where then is this magnificent gift of freedom of choice? So Hasidic philosophy says like this, true freedom of choice consists of choosing your identity. Not so much your actions as your identification. With whom do you identify? Where do you belong? To whom do you belong? In Yiddish, um, an adult would meet a child in a shtetl or someplace in, uh, in a Jewish community, and in Yiddish he would want to find out who this person is, who this child is, and the question would be, Vemens bistu, whose are you? 
not what is your name, but whose are you? Whose child are you? Whose son are you? Whose daughter are you? Where do you belong? That identification is where our freedom of choice really lies. We can at any time, without any interference from any force in the world, we can choose where we belong. A person can be sitting in a Soviet prison with all of his freedoms taken away, except for the freedom to belong where he chooses to belong. His identity cannot be imposed, nor can it be taken away. So to use Sharansky as an example, Anatoly Sharansky was sitting in prison for nine years. All his personal freedoms were taken away. He did exactly what the Russians told him to do, except for one thing. He did not belong there. He never belonged there, not for a moment. He belonged in Israel. In fact, as far as he was concerned, he was in Israel. He can place himself where he wants to be. That's the true freedom of choice. That freedom isn't dependent on anything else. You choose it, and it's there. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program. And if you'd like to contact us, you can on um, SMS 34519. I'd love to hear from you. I do often hear from you after the program, but I'd also like to hear from you during the program if you'd like to send a message. Uh, when I do speak to you outside of the studio, I actually love to hear what you all have to say. So what Rabbi Manus Friedman said there was we have the freedom of choice. We And he, he said, who do we choose? What, what identity do we choose? Where do we belong? Um, there is what's called an internal freedom and external freedom. And it's what he was saying about the internal freedom is where is our true freedom. That's our inner core. That's not being influenced by outside uh, circumstances. And, it, you know, Dwight Eisenhower said, if you want total security, go to prison. There you're fed, clothed, given medical care, and so on. The only thing lacking is freedom. So what he's saying that if you go to prison, everything will be taken care of. But when you're out of, free, out of prison, that is freedom, because that's where you have to make the choices. And I was reading an article the other day about fears of not mattering. And this really reminded me very much of, of uh, Manus Friedman, what Manus Friedman had to say. Because what mattering, if we don't matter to anybody, what loneliness there must be in that. Uh, a, a, a study done on loneliness actually related so much to uh, this term, mattering, which is a feeling of being important to other people. And they did a, they, they assessed mattering in all different studies, and they said that mattering um, really is is so important for our own sense of well-being, our own sense of belonging in this world. That loneliness actually leaves us feeling 
so totally vulnerable without friends, without uh, uh, associates who care about us. And the findings actually illustrate that it's a, a feeling of not mattering to others or feeling feeling totally insignificant and unimportant actually is associated with an increased state of severe loneliness, leading sometimes to suicide. So I think what we need to do is actually look around our communities, look around the people that we associate with, always showing them that they matter, that we care about them, that we are walking beside them. and. We are, they are not alone. Loneliness is such a, 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 um, a terrible, terrible state to be in. Frankel believed very much in turning tragedy into a triumph by discovering our inner strengths. And he talked about attitude modification, how we need to focus on adapting and altering our attitudes towards our, the unavoidable situations that actually come in life. And at the moment, I think often we are facing uh, these unavoidable situations that we're not sure how to, what's going to happen next. There's the war in Ukraine, there's, there's trouble in the Middle East, there's trouble throughout the world, there's um, floods and rain continues in, in Sydney. And all of those impact on our lives. All, everyone Every single time we turn on the news and we hear what's going on, it impacts us. And it's, it's uh, Aldous Huxley said, it isn't a matter of forgetting. What one has to learn is how to remember and yet to be free of the past. So we, we can't hold on to what was in 2008, in 2010, in 2020, even last year with the pandemic and this year. What are we actually going to do with the future? So it's learning from the past, bringing that into our, our, our lives, learning are the lessons that we have learned, what serves us and what no longer serves us, tapping into the strength that serves us, finding our inner courage to actually help us go on. Thank you, Craig. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and you're about to listen to another very short YouTube by Russell Wilson, who is an American football quarterback. And um, he talks about when life tells you no. My dad passed away. Before I walk through the door, I can see the EKG moving just fine. Beep, beep, beep. I take one step into the door and I say, Dad, I'm here. Beep. The line goes flat. I miss my dad every single day. He gave me so much. And maybe, maybe most of all, he gave me the gift of perspective. I remember playing t-ball as a kid. And not to brag, but I was a really good t-ball player. I mean, I'm talking about really good. I remember thinking, you know, I could be something special one day. My dad thought I, I might be getting ahead of myself. So he'd, be, he'd set me straight and he'd say, Son, potential just means you haven't done it yet. Already in my career, I've seen that lots of people have potential, but not everyone does it. The question isn't whether you have something to offer to the world. You definitely have something to offer to the world. The question is, how 
and whether you'll do it. And I've learned that the difference isn't the way people handle themselves when things go well. The moments that really matter are the moments when life tells you no. Let me put it this way. I love singing. Dancing machine, smooth criminal, this guy. But no matter how badly I want to be a pop star, I cannot sing. So the question I asked when life told me no was, what am I capable of? I knew I could throw a football and move really well. I knew I could have the focus. I knew I had the ability to succeed. So a few days after our first meeting, I walked back into my coach's office, chest big, feeling good. And I said, coach, I'm going to be your starting quarterback. I'm going to play in the National Football League for a long time. I'm going to multiple Super Bowls. I'm going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. What do you think? Three days later, he named me his starting quarterback. When life tells you no, ask yourself honestly, what am I capable of? Find a way to keep things in perspective. That doesn't make the painful moments any less painful, but it does mean you don't have to live forever in the pain. If we know what we're capable of, if we stay prepared no matter what, if we keep our sense of perspective, even when times are tough, then I know that together we're going to do amazing things with our potential and achieve our greatest dreams. I would say good luck, but I don't believe in good luck. Go make it happen. This is my story. Now it's time to write your own. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, I'm actually this is Sue Jackson on 101.9 High FM. I'm actually being told to wrap up, but I just wanted to say one thing about that you've just been listening to that if we know what we are capable of, we can write our own, our own story and our own journal. And in the camps, they, they talked about, they lived in a limbo called provisional existence. And in this provisional existence, the only way out was to force themselves to look to the future. And the growth through the experiences provided the meaning to their survival. So I think that's what we all have to do, realize that this is a provisional existence at the moment. And it's certainly not the camps, thank God. But we do have choices in it. And our choice is to look towards the future and move forward towards the future. And I'd like to just end with this. Aldous Huxley said, it's dark because you're trying too hard. Lightly, child, lightly. Learn to do everything lightly. Yes, feel lightly, even though you're feeling deeply. Just lightly, let things happen and lightly cope with them. So throw away your baggage and move forward. There are quicksands all about you, sucking at your feet, trying to suck you down into fear and self-pity and despair. That's why you must walk so lightly, lightly, my darling, lightly. Thank you so much, Prague, Bussy and Makundi for keeping me on air and we do have a song at the end by Pete Seeger, We Shall Overcome. May we all go forward in our lives with blessings. Thank you, Craig.